0: where am I spiritually? And my relationship with God is tied directly into my spiritual relationship or my spiritual life. So how's your relationship with God?
1: Are you asking me? Well, sure. Do I get to talk? You get to talk. I'm sorry. I'm trying to mess with my camera here, which I don't really care about, but (laughs) there we go. Um, First of all, let me tell you this. Um, That was, maybe you already know this, but that was Billy Graham's way of asking someone where their faith was. He would say, how are you and God doing? Are you doing all right? And uh, there's a famous moment that, of course, is on YouTube now, of when he asked that of Jack Parr. Now, we're going back to 60s, 60s. All right. And uh, uh, I watched it on uh, YouTube. And if you get a chance, uh, you could watch it, too. And there was a, a, a small conversation that uh, Jack Parr knew what he was being asked and who was asking him. And I stole that from Billy Graham. Uh, uh, you know, I, I used to say, oh, where do you worship? That was my way of breaking mm-hmm. that ice. But that's not the right question. The right question is the one you just asked. How are you and God doing? You no. doing all right? Right. Um, so um, I hope God and I are awesome. Um, I, I am a regular um, uh, repenter. I also believe this probably comes from my Catholicism background, but I also believe that there needs to be confession even on the parts that I have already repented for. Uh, and maybe that's just my way of letting God know that um, uh, I, I need to be humbler. I need, I need to surrender myself to him more often, especially the things that I do wrong, because there's a bucket load every day. You know what I mean? And so uh, ho- hopefully that's the way people would uh, answer that question for you. You know, uh, it, it's, it's not as good as I'd like, but he seems to be happy with it, and uh, he'll let me continue to knock off my character defects and the ones I'm not really willing to give up. Uh, maybe he'll take them away for me.
0: Well, you know, the idea of humility is what you're talking about, humbling myself before God. And I'm, I'm afraid a lot of people, they equate humility with humiliation, and the two are not the same.
1: But I used to think that.
0: Uh, yes, yes. So if I'm going to humble myself, then I'm going to I'm putting myself on a on a plane of being humiliated. Well, that's not true. No, I'm I'm simply humbling myself before my God, who is my God. He's my Creator, and He deserves my obeisance. He deserves my humility. And over and over again in the Scriptures, we're told just what you said. James chapter 4, in verse 6, I believe, it talks about first, you know, um, in that one chapter, but that's simply a a repetition of other passages along the same line, where he talks about God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then in verse 10, he says, in the more familiar verse, humble yourself before God, and he will lift you up. And variations of that in one form or another throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament. And so, we need to recognize that there are places and settings and positions in which we need to express humility. We need to humble ourselves. You don't go in, you know, you get a, you're going for a job, let's say a job interview, and you're being interviewed by whatever, the personnel manager or maybe the uh, owner of the company. Well, you don't go in there and start bragging about, you know, I think you ought to give me this job, pay me this much, all this. You know, let me tell you how great I am and all of that. Talking down to him like that, yeah. you're not going to be arrogant. You're not going to get the job. In fact, you might get ushered out of there pretty quick. Yeah. But you come in there and it's not that you're putting yourself in a position of inferiority to that person interviewing you, but you're simply respecting his position in relation to yours and you're humbling yourself. You're there asking for a job. Well, when we go before God, we're asking for God's blessings upon us. We're asking for his protection, for his care. And ultimately, our focus ought to be we're asking him for a home with him in heaven for all of eternity.
1: Yeah, that's uh, uh, very well said. Gary Hutchins is here today, uh, Sunny Slope Church, and uh, services are at, well, Bible study at 930. Now, is that is that a... In, um? Are there several classes of Bible study, or is there one?
0: No, we're, we uh, have classes for all ages, basically. Okay. You know, and uh, we have uh, an auditorium class for any of the adults who want to stay in there. And right now, there's just one adult class in the auditorium. Uh, before COVID, <laughs> you know, oh yeah, we had a, a younger adult class along with our regular adult class, and the regular adult class is not for old folks it's for anybody (laughs) who wants to be in there
1: i resemble that remark
0: i know but then there are there are we we did have a specialized class for younger adults you know late teens 20s 30s and so on and and uh hopefully we'll be able to get back to that before too long it's just COVID has just thrown so much up in the air but then we have classes from from
1: uh you know toddlers on up basically Yeah, um, um, and you're correct on the COVID thing. Um, uh, One of the things that I think is amazing uh, um, is this product called Zoom, Hmm. which um, I wasn't aware of. I mean, I barely understood what FaceTime was at the time. And I don't know if you know this. I believe this to be a true statement. The people that own uh, and, and developed Zoom uh, are about 20 minutes away from the place that they think covid started really in, in a lab in china yeah and i just see god all over that yeah you know but um and, and i was saying this before we got started today i really miss my bible studies yeah um we had we had uh four i was in four bible studies a week and i wish i could have made it seven uh but my time didn't allow that And there were some co-ed Bible studies that I was in, and I certainly enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoy a men's Bible study more uh, because I think that's a place for, you know, us to kind of reveal a lot more about ourselves. Yeah,
0: well, you're kind of on an even plane there. You know, you can relate to each
1: other. Yeah, and and I always told people that uh, if I was in uh, one of my Bible studies, Uh, And I use the word facilitate. I don't use the word teach because I'm not a teacher, but I am a facilitator. And I love gathering men together to facilitate a Bible study because the only dude teaching that in that room is Jesus, you know. Um, But I always said, Gary, that when somebody poked their head in to see what we were doing, uh, they would say, oh, well, they're, they're studying the Bible, And what I would tell the guys in my Bible study is that's what it looks like. But what we're really doing is we are finding our accountability partners. You know, those people that we can call three in the morning when the world's falling apart, and we don't have to catch each other up because we know where everybody's at at that point.
0: Well, when we're talking about our relationship with God, ultimately we're talking about faith. And. Being, you know, I'm impressed that you were in four Bible classes a, a week. That's, that's fantastic. Um, where does faith come from? Now, some people, they have this, this idea that faith kind of just happens to them. Uh, I've even heard one or more individuals say, faith is a gift from God. If it's a gift from God, then what about all the people who don't have faith? You know, and and Romans chapter 2 tells us that there's no partiality with God. And so if it's a gift from God, then he's going to give that gift to everybody. Otherwise, he's showing partiality. I'm going to withhold it from you. I'm going to give it to you. So that's that's not the answer either. Yeah, you're
1: sounding a little Calvinistic there when you think that. Yeah.
0: And, and it's not something that just kind of floats around in the air and it lands on you like a, a bacteria or, or, a, or, a flu, or a virus or something like that, and all of a sudden you catch faith. Faith, the Bible is very objective in teaching, and, and this is where a lot of people have some difficulty with their, uh, their, their concept of faith. It's more of a feeling for them, and that's what we call subjective reasoning or subjective belief based upon a feeling I feel this or I feel that or I just feel and you'll have some people when you ask them a question they'll say well I just feel that such and such well okay maybe your feeling is good but maybe your feeling is faulty we've all had feelings about things or certain individuals that later on we came to realize I was really off there I sure made a mistake with that feeling but the well, Bible. This is
1: the second time you've said something that I resemble that remark. because
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do that. Yeah. yeah. But but the Bible itself tells us where faith comes from. Romans ten and verse seventeen. Anybody who listens to search the scriptures or our podcasts, uh, they can probably quote the verse. You know, because I keep emphasizing, yeah. faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Or boiled down. What Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And that's why the Bible studies are important individually, personally, but also in a group setting, because Paul, the apostle said in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, if you look at the King James Version, it begins by saying study. Other versions translate it, be diligent, but it's the same meaning, To present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so Paul was saying, get into God's word because you need to be in his word to understand his will, understand his teachings, to know his teachings, but also to stay strong in and grow in your faith because that's where faith basically comes from.
1: Gary Hutchins is my guest today from Sunny Slope Church. Uh, that was very well put. Um, uh, yeah, that was very well put. And and we'll break into that a little bit. I I, uh, I appreciate you being here, and we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more uh, today on the Talk of the Heartland. I'm Mac McCoy. And if I haven't told you lately, thanks for listening. Love this job. Couldn't do it without you. Right here on KCRO. Meep, meep, All right, let's take a look at our traffic today, and uh, I was reminded yesterday by a friend of mine uh, who is also in broadcasting uh, over in Des Moines that your drive, he said this to me, your drivers in Omaha are so much better than our drivers in Des Moines, and I laughed and I said, well, what are you doing, watching everything that's going on? Well, he's the traffic director for a large cluster over there, and anybody would know, he would know, so... Kudos to you, Nebraska, on your uh, good driving habits. And today's another day just like that. Westbound on I-80 at 60th, there is an accident with injury. That was 29 minutes ago. 41 minutes ago, an auto accident just east of 80 and 60th. Uh, and Oh, no, that's the same one. Sorry. All right. Uh, and about one hour ago, uh, auto accident... In front of the 157th uh, block of 159th Street. And there's also uh, uh, an injury there. So slow it down. Slow your roll, as I like to say. And make sure that we are unbelievably cautious when we're driving around. Police officers, EMT, and things like that. uh, They do so much for us. I can't thank them enough. And that's the best way to thank them is just... Be the right kind of driver when they're out of their cars and they're walking around. That's tough. All right, let me give you an idea of what it's going to be like for the uh, weather. Mostly clear tonight, getting down uh, to about 20. That's not bad, you know. Tomorrow sunny and breezy. It keeps getting warmer every day we go. A little breezy and sunny for Saturday and Sunday, but high somewhere around 50 degrees. Nice, nice uh, January weather. 37 degrees now at KCRO, AM 660, FM 106.7, and all around the world at KCRO.com. My guest on this Friday is uh, Gary Hutchins. He is the pastor at Sunny Slope. And uh, uh, if you don't hear his shows during the day, take the time to listen to him. Are are those shows on a podcast on your uh, website or anything?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask if I could uh, let the people know about the podcasts. Uh, basically, all of our Bible classes, we have a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class that I podcast. Also, all of our sermons are podcast on our website. Now, those are more and more in video format as well as audio format. But uh, I also do a a short daily, seven-day-a-week short Bible study I call today's Bible class, and then our radio program, Search the Scriptures, all of that is podcast at our website, and a person can go to that website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and they can scroll down to the podcast button, or they can just click on the listen button at the top of the homepage and then sign up for the podcasting now let me tell you here's here's the tough part
1: now hold on Uh, sign up like an rss feed Uh, there are different
0: there are different platforms that they can click on if they want to listen to it in the apple you know podcast format or, or 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 platform or whatever there are different ones they can click on whatever works for them but here's the big deal now Uh oh how much does it cost Well,
1: you're priceless, (laughs) so I I would imagine it's free.
0: It's free. Everything we do, everything we offer is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven.
1: Yeah. I I always enjoy when you say you're going to send a Bible out to them, I think, or a book. A Bible study. Yeah, yeah, and the postage is free either way. I just think that's awesome.
0: Yeah. We yeah, you know, so many people they'll and and Mac, you know, so many programs they'll say send us a contribution, you know, and we'll send you a free gift. Well, yeah. That doesn't sound free to me. No, it doesn't <laughs> to me either.
1: And, and and actually it's interesting because uh it used to I thought it used to be uh, you know, they were they were priced. Send us twenty dollars and we'll get this out to you. Now most of them say send a donation of any size or a gift of any size. So um, that's nice. That, that That's good. Um, church of Christ, that's your denomination.
0: Not a denomination.
1: Not a denomination.
0: We just try to be the church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. We have no earthly headquarters. Heaven is our headquarters. Mm-hmm. We have no... Earthly head or governing board, or synod or conference or anything like that. Uh, Jesus is our head. He's yeah. the head of the church. Ephesians one verses twenty two and twenty
1: three. Yeah, this is uh, this is not my home. Uh, my kingdom is my home, and I'm uh, waiting to get there.
0: That's it. Yeah, that's
1: it. I agree. Um, so we were talking about. Um, basically humbling ourselves, and I I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but, man, for 50 years, I did not like that word humble because I thought it was weak. I thought it was, uh, uh, well, let me put it the other way. I couldn't be strong. I couldn't be bold. I couldn't be proud. I couldn't be, couldn't be, couldn't be. And one time, and I don't know whether you agree with this or not, if, if you don't, I'd like to hear, um they told me that the Christian definition of humble was to be teachable. Yes. And that's something that Jesus did for me when he came into my life. Uh, He he made me realize that I need to always be teachable, even if it is about my own children or my own job. In fact, probably more so when it comes to those two things because— if two people always agree, one of, it, one of us is not necessary, and usually that's me. So I try to be as teachable as I can.
0: You know, when you, when you talk about faith, Mac, being humble or humility is, is really central to that because you're coming to recognize, I believe in God, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, Omnipresent everywhere, all the time. I believe in the all powerful God, and I'm humbling myself before him as his creation, created according to Genesis 1 26 and 27, in his own image, in that he created me unique from all other life forms with a soul. He created me unique distinct from all other life because he created only mankind in his own image so we have a soul now i recognize him as my creator as god yeah so my faith in him as such says I, i'm gonna humble myself L- let me let me give maybe sounds like a little bit of a trite uh and you know a uh, comparison you got two teenage boys at school springtime they're feeling their oats. They're on the playground together. One of them, he's just going to try to pick a fight with the other one.
1: Mm.
0: I'm going to call him names, going to push him a little bit. Mm. Now, the position of strength is for the other one to say, I'm not going to fight. Not that I can't take you if we got into it. Not that I'm afraid of you. That's just not my thing. I don't, it's not going to accomplish anything. And so he keeps himself humble, not necessarily fearful, and not in a humiliated posture, but real strength is shown in, be, in being humble at the right times, in the right settings, for the right reasons. That takes strength. Anybody can swing fists. Anybody can lash back with cursing and profanity. That's weakness. But the strong person humbling himself even, stands there and listens, but then just walks away.
1: That takes strength. Gary Hutchins is my guest today from Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Um, do, you, do you remember a movie called Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze? Sure do. The reason I remember that so well is, and I was reminded of it when you just said this, Patrick, or his character, taught the, the bouncers, if that's the right word. I don't like that term. I prefer to call them public relations experts. Security yeah. enforcers. <laughs> but that's what he taught to right. his staff members. You don't need in any reason to become physical with someone. Right. Even if they become physical with you, you, you don't need to come back. And I love... The term in the Bible or the verse in the Bible that says "turn the other cheek," and if I understand that correctly, and you correct uh, correct me if I'm wrong, basically what that means, if you want to hit me on the the left side, I'll turn my cheek and give you the right side too, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into a physical altercation with you.
0: Yeah, basically, it's talking about again humility, being humble. Um, you know. Anybody can respond in kind. But when you respond in kind to somebody who's trying to intimidate you or belittle you or demean you, either verbally or physically, um, a lot of times you're lowering yourself to their standards. Yep. And that does not show strength. Yep. But the humble person says, uh, no, I'm, I'm better than that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm an indiv- I an individual. I can actually tell you how many... Altercations I've been in with someone that was uh, a fighter or physical. Two. one was with a, a guy that I felt so bad that I had done what I had done. He and I remained friends for many, many, many years. This was the eighth grade. The other was in 1994 when I had just I don't know, I just popped. And uh, the feeling I get even thinking about that now, is uh, I I humiliated myself and um, I'm still shaking when I think about that incident because it was improper for me to react that way. Usually what I do is I'm a fast runner or I use my mouth to get out of a problem. Um, But you're so right. It's just so wrong to try to physically intimidate someone. What a, yeah
0: or even verbally intimidate someone. Oh, now hold you on. Know. <laughs> you know, it's if, if you're doing it with, with an ungodly motive, then that's wrong, and you need to stop and think. And we come back to faith again. What, what is faith for us? It's our barometer for how we live our life, It's also, you're old enough to remember governors on automobiles. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Especially in the military. You can only, you could press the accelerator to the floor, but it's only going to go so fast. Yep. Well, we have an internal governor that God created in us called a conscience, and that conscience works best when it's based upon faith in God guided by his word. Again, that's where faith comes from, how it develops within us. So when we are, when our conscience is conditioned by God's word, our faith in God, that's when our conscience works best. And it, it, it's the best governor in our life because we're automatically, you, you know, what, what does a football player do in a field or a basketball player in the court or a soccer player on, 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 on the, uh, the soccer field? Yeah, they're not allowed to fight. Well, no, they're not, but how do they react to things? They instinctive, because it's been conditioned in them, they know how they're supposed to react to a given situation on yep. the court or on yep. the field or on yep. the soccer field. They they know how they how they're supposed to react. Okay, well, a Christian, because he is governed by his faith, he knows instinctively if something confronts me along this line or this line or this line, I'm not just gonna react like a person of the world, I'm gonna react based upon my faith. Yeah, It's gonna be my guide, my governor. I'm going to respond in, I'm gonna to try to respond always in a godly fashion.
1: Gary Hutchins is my guest today. Um, we'll continue this conversation uh, around the corner and if you have any questions, feel free to jump on my Facebook page It's uh, M-A-C, the initial J, and then Michael, and that will bring that up. Or if you have my phone number or anything like that, you're welcome to call in and ask any questions uh, for uh, Pastor Hutchins. It is 20 minutes before the top of the hour, top of the hour being 5 o'clock, and we'll have traffic and weather for you next here on the Talk of the Heartland. all right let's uh check traffic and weather for you here just a minute uh let me do a little catching up i'm talking to gary and getting all involved in stuff here and i forget uh the stuff i need to do so i apologize for that 35 minutes ago 144th and dodge the overpass traffic lights malfunctioning that's that's a a bad thing on friday going home but it is what it is westbound i-80 at 60th there is an accident and then also in the uh, 1500 block of—no, no, never mind. Let me back up. Just east of I-80 and 60th, there is a one-vehicle accident, but it is blocking the road on 60th. So you take care there and uh, do the best you can to get home and save. People at home love you, and I want you there. All right, mostly clear, and around 20 tonight will be our low. Uh, Sunday, breezy, and a high right around 50 for tomorrow. And Sunday, sunny, same way, almost as warm, 45 will be our high. Right now, it's 37 degrees at KCRO. It's about 14 minutes, 13 minutes before the top of the hour, top of the hour, 5 o'clock. We'll have a news for you at that time, and some other things. We'll continue with our traffic and weather to keep you fully informed. If I haven't told you lately, thanks for listening. Love this job. Couldn't do it without you. My name's Mac, and this is the Talk of the Heartland, right here on the Christian Voice of the Heartland, which is AM 660, FM 107, uh, 106.7 in Lincoln and all around the world, at kcro.com. My special guest today is Gary Hutchins from uh, Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Services at uh, 1030 in the morning, but hold on, wait, there's more. Get there about 920, 925, and you can join one of many Bible studies going on uh, for the hour before. So it's a a wonderful way to spend your Sunday morning, and I hope uh, you take the time to join them. I always want to tell you that when I have a pastor on from a different church, the secret is, is I want to learn something. And I think you are the same way. But I want to make something very clear. Uh, We all have encountered at one time or another, probably something that I call church hurt. Uh, It's a human condition. Uh, It might be the pastor, but it's probably not. It's probably someone who has said something to you, and you decide that you're going to choose to be offended. When I introduce you to different pastors and their churches, I'm not telling you or encouraging you by any way, shape, or form to leave the church you're at to go to another one. I am trying to introduce you, in case that happens in your life, to the other options you have where you can find Jesus is the top priority, and whether you've sat back and recognized this or not over the course of uh, the last three months since I've been here, there are some churches that I, that I choose—this uh, is my fault—that I choose not to invite. Um, when I visit a church, I sit very quietly and do not uh, in any way, shape, or form uh, wear one of the station shirts or jackets or anything like that. I, I really don't want to be known. I want to sit like you. I want to get the view from a pew and learn what they're teaching and how they're teaching. And there's only been two cases since I've been here so far, and that's not bad out of 12, 14 churches that I visited, but there's only been two that I have not asked the pastor to come on. Um, And so when I have a pastor on, I mean, I don't know what my opinion of anything, why it should even matter to you, but it matters to me that I bring someone forward for you to listen to on this program whose uh, theology is correct. And, And I like what you said, Gary, when we started out here, and I hear you say it on your radio program all the time, you only do one thing. You study the Word. That's what you preach, that's what you teach. And I am in awe of that. I just want you to know that because that's. I don't go to church to be entertained. I go to church. I I pray when I go to church. I ask the Lord to maybe reveal some things to me that I'm having a problem with. And by golly, I very rarely walk out without getting into my car, getting home and getting my Bible out and shuffling through it and go, oh yeah, Gary was right. There it is right there. (laughs) If I'm not carrying it with me to church. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a Bible-centered, Christ-centered church. Well, thank you. God
0: gets all the glory.
1: Yeah. Um, You know,
0: let me say one thing just in response to that. And you said you don't come to be entertained. I'm afraid in a lot of churches, church has become a show.
1: Yeah, it has.
0: And, you know, com- complete with stage lights and choreograph- uh, chore- choreographic, you know, programming and everything, you know, and, and it, it's almost like you could sit in your living room and watch it on TV and there'd be some kind of program that's a show on TV. Yeah, you know? no, and, I agree. And I understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, we're supposed to be, it, okay, and, and people talk about, well, you know, I, it, it makes me feel good. When the church comes together, the church is not the audience. God is the audience. We are the worshipers. Mm-hmm. God is the audience. If, we, if we can think of it, it from an audience perspective at all, we're not the audience. We're not there to be entertained. We're there to worship God. And getting into his word is central to that worship.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the church that I belong to uh, back in Iowa... Uh, for a little over 22 years now, it would have been I, when I started there. Uh, I have to admit, I was drawn by the show. You know, a person who comes out of Catholicism, there's no show there, and there shouldn't be. But I will tell you that the church that I went to back home has done a very good job of keeping that book that you and I have in front of us the center of the teaching. Yes, they have an unbelievable show. I mean, it is television quality produced. But when one of the pastors, whoever he or she might be, comes out with the message that day, it goes straight to the Bible, yeah, and it should Bible, and it's quoted uh, on the screen. Sometimes these gigantic screens, it'll have the Bible verse written out for you and things like that. But, um. And here's what's interesting, and I've told the pastor this, so I'm not saying anything I wouldn't say to him. Before Jesus, I was at that church 10 years before Jesus mugged me. And it was the show that drew me there. Now I don't know why, but after Jesus mugged me, all I really wanted to hear was the word. In fact, I might even go later in the hour of 20 minutes after it began so I could come about the right time that the pastor began to speak. Um, so anyway, well, you know, whatever floats your boat, as long as you know what Gary just said, we're there to worship God. This is not a time for him to pay attention to us. It's a quiet time that we should be paying attention to him. And I just think that's a desire that the Holy Spirit places on us and Hopefully we always have that inside of
0: it. Yeah. And and the devil's always you no know, devil's very skillful at his job, what he does, and he's always gonna look for ways to distract us. Oh man. And get us a little bit off, you know, center, you know, if he can. And uh if we're not paying attention, if we're not, you know, if we haven't got our focus down correctly, then it, that'll work. That'll work.
1: Um do you um I don't I'm not going to play the song because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. But do you ever listen to contemporary Christian music? Little? A little bit here and there. Okay. Next time you're in front of your computer, uh, look up a song called um, Clear the Stage. Clear the Stage. And this song was written by a worship leader at one of those big, loud um, production churches. And the story goes uh, that one time after one of their big Christmas or big Easter uh, productions, he sat on the side of the stage, um, and there I go, I used that word, but that's what it was, he said, and he just sat there, and he contemplated uh, what had just gone on and all of that. And one by one, as his worship team left, he get he became more and more convicted that it's more than just a song. Amen. His ministry is more than just a song. And, and that song that that man wrote, um, it, it's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. It isn't the, the tune, it's not much of a tune at all, but it's the word that, the words that came out of Jimmy's mouth, that's the name of the artist, Jimmy's mouth, in worshiping has got to be more than just a song. And you know, we need to be careful
0: about drawing attention to ourselves when we're supposed to be giving attention to God. I try to keep myself we talked about being humble before and sometimes a person can can brag about being humble you know well that's
1: not <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines is I tell you how humble I am but there's yeah. not enough people standing around
0: yeah right I want to want more to hear you know? yeah and so I try to be careful of that but ultimately whatever talents we have and abilities we need to recognize James chapter 1 and verse 17 tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, it comes down from the Father of lights. Yeah, And ultimately, whatever talents we have, we need to be thinking, how can I use that to God's glory? Yeah, Because I want to give God glory. I want to bring him glory in my life. That's bottom line. It comes back to faith, you know, too. You know, I, where is my faith? Is it just something I feel? Or is it, is it my life, and that's that's what I've tried to emphasize in teaching on faith for many, many, many years. My faith cannot be just a part of my life. Now, my job is a part of my life. You know, it, it, in in a lot of cases, mine. I'm very thankful. I'm my job. I was able. God bless me to be able to make my job, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, teaching yep. his word. Yep. But for most people, I, you know, I in the secular the field, yeah, they would, okay, my my job's a part of my life. Uh, maybe I have a recreational pursuit, and that's a part of my life. My faith has to be my life, and it has to be the governor, basically, or the director in every part of my life. You know, as I've tried to get across Christianity is not a sprint; it's a marathon. Yeah, it's a lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and it it is. You're exactly right. Yeah, exactly correct. Um, and I will just add to that one of the things that I've learned is forgiveness mm-hmm. is not just something you do when oops happens. Forgiveness has got to be part of your character.
0: That's great. You know.
1: All right, Gary Hutchins is my guest. Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 9.30 in the morning on Sundays is uh, the Sunday school, the teachings for all different ages, different classes. And then at 10.30 uh, is the service. And I invite you, if you are looking around, uh, maybe your pastor's taking the week off, maybe you've got some relatives in town, and for whatever reason you're looking for something different, uh, let this be holy, a Holy Spirit moment as you listen to Gary, and maybe you can decide if if that would be a church by his teachings um, that you might want to visit. It's coming up on five o'clock. I'm Mac McCoy. It's the talk of the heartland. And when we come back, I get to ask Gary some questions, but they're not the pastor's questions. They're questions that I want an answer to. And I hope we also answer some questions for you. And all of it will come out of the word. Here on AM 660, 106.7 FM, and all around the world at KCRO.com. It's five minutes after the hour of 5 o'clock here on this Friday afternoon, the 28th day of January in the Lord's Year 2022. Gary Hutchins is my guest today, and uh, he said I could ask him some questions. Excuse me, and I'm not talking about the pastor's questions. If you'll allow me, I've got a couple things I need to learn today, and so I've asked him if I could ask uh, some of those of him, and he very generously said yes. So, When we come back here after traffic and weather, uh, we're going to... Max's going to get a little schooling. I kind of feel I need some schooling on some things. So that's what we're going to do. Here on the Voice of the Heartland, you know what it is. It's (laughs) KCRO. All right, traffic. 13 minutes ago, 144th and Dodge. Traffic lights are malfunctioning. If you were listening before I told you that, Apparently they got it fixed (laughs) then it went out again, so uh, That's the case. I'm glad we're able to report that to you. Westbound I-80 at 60th. There is an accident Uh, no injuries reported also um, an auto accident at the 1500 block of 59th Street involving personal injury and as I always ask you Uh, When police are out of their cars dealing with uh, uh, an accident or debris in the road or something, man, just slow down, please. I know you're trying to get home and mama's waiting or papa's waiting and all that, but these officers get out of their cars in the middle of traffic because they have to. And it's up to us to be courteous and make sure they know how much we respect them. Mostly clear tonight. Low around 20. Sunday and Saturday, so both days, sunny and breezy, and high in the mid 40s to maybe 50s. It's 36 degrees now at KCRO. The Heartland's Christian Voice KCRO. All right, seven minutes after the hour. Gary Hutchins from uh, Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Um, and that is not a denomination. That is they. That's who they are. They are the Church of Christ. Most of the churches we go to should be churches of Christ. Hopefully, yours is. All right. It's uh, seven minutes after the hour. So here's a question I have for you. Um, I- I'm going to start out at the beginning. Um. After Jesus mugged me, Gary, um, I was having a, a, a problem with my identity because my identity used to be in what I did for a living, how many rental properties I owned, how many cars I owned, and, of course, what they were, the kind of house I lived in, all those different things. But there was a voice inside of my head that told me that I was a lousy person, lousy father, (laughs) lousy son, lousy business person, lousy, lousy, lousy. And shortly after Jesus mugged me, and I mean probably weeks, I was sitting in the kitchen uh, with a, a, a pastor and I told them that. And I'll never forget him leaning back in his chair and looking at me and saying, God would never say that to you. Cuz I thought it was God giving me kind of his review of the day for me. Well, Mac, let me see what you did wrong today. But what I realized is is that had become my identity. And when that pastor told me that the those were words being whispered by the accuser, not of the man who or the 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 father who created me. It changed my whole identity and how I saw myself. Because what I realized at that point was that I wasn't a bad person. I just did bad things, and they didn't have to be part of my identity. All right, so laying the groundwork for that for you. Then I became very suspicious of the term free will. Number one, I couldn't find it in the Bible but 160 times it says sinful nature. And Paul in Romans 7, uh, and I love the book of Romans. I have facilitated three Bible studies on the book of Romans, and each time it took us about three years, you know, an hour once a week. In Romans 7, Paul talks about the fact that we are a sin to slave. I'm sorry, a slave to sin. Um, before, during, and after uh, we are called by Christ to serve him. And I have always tried to figure out whether this is a true statement or a true way to look at it. You remember Tom and Jerry, the cartoon, when we were growing up. Sure. Tom was constantly trying to catch that little mouse named Jerry. And every once in a while... There'd be an angel on one of his shoulders and the devil on the other, and they were telling him what they thought. And somehow I got it. I don't know if they intended this, but I got the idea that I got to make up my own choice of what I wanted to be, that I could take a little of the angel and a little from the devil, and then I would have this third choice, which would be my free will. If I read Paul correctly in Romans, We are a slave to sin, and there are really only two wills out there. There are not three, and the easiest way for me to say that is there is God's will, and then there's everything else. Now, I know I get to choose. I I get that free will gives me the choice, but there's only two choices and it's hard for me to ever make the choice it's hard for me every single time to make the choice that would be within god's will if i did that be no sin for anybody right we'd all be perfect but i also realize that if it's, if it's not god's will everything else is of satan everything else is the accuser I don't get to make a decision that there's a third, uh, I'll use let's make a deal, that there's three doors that we get to open up and behind door number one is God's will, behind door number two is Satan's will, but the big prize is behind door number three and that is what I choose my will to be. So the question would be this, help me understand free will or as i like to call it sinful nature and and and, and please change my perception if it needs to be changed cuz i i get a lot of grief from people anybody listening to this show right now knows that if you were to use the word for the term free will i cringe because i think it is quite frankly of the devil i think the devil wants us to think that we can choose what we wanna do. So there you go. Romans chapter
0: seven talks about sin, but I think maybe the, um, the phrase that you're talking about, slave to sin, is actually from Romans chapter six. Oh. And, uh, or maybe maybe it is mentioned also in Romans chapter seven, but at more thoroughly, I think in Romans chapter six, this specific statement. Um,
1: oh, you're correct. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, no, that's good though. But but Romans seven also deals with sinfulness in our lives. Now, we're not slaves to sin. At least we should not be when we become a Christian. Now, in Romans chapter seven, Paul talks about this inward. And maybe that's what your has really made an impression in, on your mind. He talks about this inward struggle that we have. Even uh-huh. after becoming a Christian, the devil, you know, and I've I've told people many times, you know, before you became a Christian, before you gave before you, you were baptized into Christ and your sins were forgiven through the bloody shed on the cross, the devil didn't have to work on you that hard. No. Because he, he had you. Yeah. But when you start walking away from the devil and start living for Christ, he's got to start working on you again. Yeah. And so Paul talks about that inner struggle that we all have. It's like a battle going on within us or even a war constantly because the devil keeps, keeps, you know, trying to agitate. He keeps trying to pull us away, throwing doubts in our minds. And so Paul says, you know, the things that I want to do, I end up not doing. Yeah. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Yeah. And, and then he says in verse 24 and 25, the end of chapter 7, he, he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Yeah. And if that were the end of the chapter, then we'd be forlorn because he does not, he never says there's any hope. But the next verse says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Yeah. Now, if we're serving the law of God, you know, properly and consistently, there's going to be less and less and less opportunity for the devil to get in there into our lives and we start serving the law of sin through the flesh. James wrote in James chapter 4, verses uh, verses 7 and 8, he says, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Okay, how do I resist the devil? He goes on and says, draw near to God, and he yeah. will draw near to you. Yeah. So here's how I've tried to explain it. If you're walking with God, there's no place for the devil in your life. You cannot, a life cannot ha- have God and the devil harmoniously coexisting within that life at yeah. the same time. Right. And in chapter 6 of Romans, he actually talks about how when we become a Christian, we've been forgiven of our sins, and we're no longer slaves to sin. We've been, we've been released from that slavery, but then we have willfully become slaves of righteousness or slaves of, of, of Christ. So I hope that helps answer your question there.
1: Yeah, it does, and I don't know why I was say saying Romans six, but yeah, it, Romans seven. seven. It, it's yes, yeah.
0: yeah, six and seven. Well, they, they they both talk, you know, because in chapter seven he talks about that that inward battle, and and how many times have every single one of us, we've you know we've had the focus, I want to do what's right, but then we did something wrong. And we knew we shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, boy, does our conscience start working on us. Oh,
1: oh, <laughs> I, I, I had one of those a couple weeks ago. I did, uh, um, I did a bad thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe, well, I'm still feeling it. I, 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 I couldn't believe that I had done that. It was not part of my character Used to be it was not a part of my walk with Jesus, any of that. You know, you talked about Romans 7, and I I think you're primarily talking about, uh, it says, struggling with sin, starts Mm -hmm. with verse 14. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law and the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it.
0: Now, but he's not saying there, I have no choice, or I, I can't help myself. He's not saying it's something that's, that's got a hold on me and, and, okay, like people think they can get possessed by the devil and the devil controls them and all of that. And it, that's not what he's saying. He said, but there's still that sinful, if we want to think of it as kind of a, a, a sinful nature within us. And I have to struggle against that all the time. When I give in, that's the sin working in me, but I don't have to make that choice. I don't have to give in. Here's, to me, this is, I'll share with you one of the most comforting scriptures in the entire Bible. Oh, boy.
1: Hold on. I'm going to write it down. All All right. right. First Corinthians chapter 10 and
0: verse 13. 10, 13. Okay some people, so I can't help myself. You know, I, I, you know, okay, I've just, Paul's not saying I have to sin. He's saying there's still that sinful uh, compulsion or nature, however you want to phrase it, within me that I have to keep fighting against. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, the same writer, the apostle Paul, yeah. he says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. So Paul's saying, first, God, if I'm walking with God, now go back to James 4, verses 7 and 8, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. If I'm walking with God, God's not going to allow any temptation that is so overwhelming that I cannot say no to with his help. But he'll always, and it's really significant. And I boy, talk about a, a statement we all ought to just open our eyes to and our ears ought to perk up. Right in the middle of that verse, it says, God is faithful. I'm not sure how many times we think about God being faithful, but he's always faithful. Yeah. And so Paul says, he'll never let any temptation as long as we're walking with him he'll never let us be confronted by any temptation that we cannot say no to with his help and he'll always make the way for us to say no now what happens when we don't say no
1: yeah i was just going to ask <laughs> that the the challenge for me and i can't speak for anybody else is i don't ask him in fact if anything like a a, a racehorse I have bl- I put blinders on purposely yeah. because I know that if Jesus was standing next to me and He knew my thoughts, He would look at me, Pastor, and say, "Listen, I got to walk away from you if you're going to do this. I'll, I'll be right back, okay?" Or other people might say, "Actually, this is probably more accurate. I'm you're going to walk away from me right now, Mac, because you're I, I read what you're thinking about saying or doing, but." I want you to know I'll be right here when you're ready to uh, repent, uh, be sorry for what you did, and, and, and make those amends to the people that you've hurt.
0: And that's repentance. Repentance means literally a change of mind, and the sense is a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. I'm going to turn away from sin. Yeah, And, and so... Yeah, I cannot live in sin and live with God at the same time. But God, and so verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells me I don't have to sin. Now, saying that, do I sin? Uh, yeah, I make mistakes. Yeah. And the apostle John writes in 1 John chapter 1, that chapter, tell, he's writing this to Christians, and he's telling them, God is light and in him is no darkness. And those are simply, you know, illustrative terms for God is absolutely righteous, and in him is no unrighteousness at all. And then John goes on and says, "If you walk in the darkness, sin, then you're not in fellowship with God. Now, but the tenses of the Greek words, if I understand correctly in First in John, is talking about if you're living a lifestyle. Now, again, he's writing this to people who become Christians. But if you've gone back into living a lifestyle of sinfulness, now that's your lifestyle. Yeah, You're not walking with God. He goes on and later in that chapter and says, if you say you're without sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So Mm -hmm. do we make mistakes and sin at times? Stub our toe along the way here and there? Yeah. But then he goes on in the very last verse. He says, if you confess your sins, he is just and faithful to forgive us or forgive you of all unrighteousness. And then in the very next chapter, the first two verses, and of course, when the books of the New Testament were written, they were not broken into chapters and verses. Right, right. Um, the very, so the very next statement is he says, okay, and he's writing this to Christians again. I'm writing this to you that you may not sin, he says, but if you sin, we have an ad you have an advocate with the father now what's an advocate uh, probably something close. cheerleader well maybe I, I mean,
1: i'm sorry maybe the, the, that's too... well
0: the term as it's used there is more like what we would consider an attorney yeah okay yeah and he says he's pleading your case basically is how we understand that he is an advocate with the father and he's there at the throne of god so when you do as you say, you come to your senses. You say, "I blew it," and then you go to God in prayer. Father, please forgive me that sin. I'm, I'm, I repent of it. Jesus is there pleading your case, you know, and we can have confidence that God forgives mm. because the blood that Jesus shed in the cross is still active in forg- in cleansing us from the guilt of our sins as. When we see our 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 mistakes, we come to him and repentance again and seek seek forgiveness through prayer.
1: That uh, helped. Thank you. I I actually want to continue that a little bit, but I've got to take care of the traffic and weather here. You and, go right ahead. And 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 when we come back, I want I want more from you on that term, uh, slave to sin, and then later on, just for. You listening? Maybe this is going to be something you need to hear. Also, I I, I want to know what Jesus meant when he said, um, "Judge yet ye be or judge and ye will be judged." Um. Anyway, I'll just I'll just leave it right there. Matthew chapter seven. Yeah. And and by the way, I want to tell you something about Gary. When he quotes these Bible verses, he doesn't have yellow sticky notes in his Bible. <laughs> He knows them inside. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. All right. A little bit later in the half hour, we'll get you your traffic and weather next here on KCRO, the Christian voice of the heartland. All right, let's take a check on the traffic and the weather here. Uh, Just a couple minutes ago, traffic lights are now malfunctioning at 83rd and Maple So if you're going that way, it's going to be that one car at a time from all four different directions. So if you're in a hurry, don't go beeping your horn at somebody because they're not going fast enough. I I apologize. That was the wrong tone to use. But just avoid that area, okay? Then about 18 minutes ago, we have a, uh, a renewed accident. Oh, my gosh. Another accident at the same place. 144th and Dodge. The traffic lights are out, and now we have an accident there. I-80 westbound at 60th, uh, just east of that, there is an accident. So, uh, you know, slow your roll and uh, do the best you can to get home safely. All right, let's talk about the weather for a minute. Sunny. Tomorrow. Sunny. Sunday. Awesome. Uh, We're going to be right in the upper 40s to lower 50s. 37 degrees now at K-C-R-O. KCRO. My special guest today on The View from a Pew uh, is Gary Hutchins, and he's from Sunny Slope Church of Christ and great website. Uh, and so, I, Gary, kind of give us an idea of what that address is uh, and where we can find that. And, and by the way, there's Sunday schools at 930 and churches at 1030, but the website is really Really good. Thank you, Mac. Uh, yeah, our,
0: our website is churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and you can either click on the Listen button at the top of the home page or scroll down the home page to the podcast button. Either way you go, you can sign up for our podcasting. And it's free, always will be free. And as I said earlier, we're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you'll receive all that we do, basically. We podcast a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and the sermons are on video format now, as well as audio format. And we do a really pertinent and relevant short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day called Today's Bible Class, and also our radio program right here on KCRO search the scriptures. All of that will go automatically to your smart device. And again, it's always free. And by the way, we have midweek Bible classes on Wednesday evening at 630. If anybody would like to join us at the building, 3606 North 108th Street.
1: All right. So 3606 North 108. Um, give us some uh, visual of what's around you that people might know.
0: Just north of Maple on a hundred, just at the top of the hill, okay. north of Maple at a hundred hundred uh, eight.
1: I can visualize it. Yeah,
0: you would get off uh, if you were coming down uh, sixty four i sixty four. You'd get off at Maple, and if you're coming from the uh, south, you would turn left off of Maple off off of the. Exit there. If you're coming from the north, you would turn right, go down the hill to the red light. That's 108th. Turn right, right at the top of the hill. We
1: are. Um, Where's the name Sunny Slope come from?
0: That is uh, when I first moved here back in 2001, early 2001. I I thought Sunny Slope. I, I stood in the back. Of the church parking lot and looked out across you know a a scenic view we're up on a hill and i and and you can see the sun and everything and you can see trees out there and buildings way out and and i thought sunny slope that's it yeah well that that was not it it's it's just the name of a subdivision
1: (laughs) in that area oh
0: (laughs) sunny slope subdivision so that's great
1: Okay um and what's uh you said that it was churchofchrist.com or Church, dot .org
0: no dot com, dot dot com. .com churchofchrist.com
1: so who was the brilliant uh guy or lady person who got that URL for you cuz that's pretty genius it churchofchrist.com
0: a blessing from god yeah one of our members one of our men before long before i came here he was searching i guess the web or whatever and and url names and uh, or addresses and he came across this he saw it was offer it was it was available yeah. it was nobody was using it so he called our treasurer and said uh, this is available nobody's using it and the treasurer said buy it yeah <laughs> and so we have maintained that ever since. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, you, you would be surprised how many people have contacted us and said, uh, would you like to sell that to us or Absolutely. give it to us? You know, and yeah. our response is thank you for your interest, but no.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and, and in this day and time, um, that's a, uh, an asset. Like a building yes. or a location. Is. Yes, absolutely. I used to own, um, and I still do own a whole bunch of URLs because I did when I was in business. Much like you, I had somebody a lot smarter than me around me who said these web addresses are going to be important. Why? You know, why? I said. And uh, uh, by golly, that uh, Chris was his name, and he was brilliant to do that because we got some good ones. All right, it's uh, 20 minutes uh, before six o'clock here on this uh, 28th day of January in the Lord's year 2022. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is the talk of the heartland. And uh, today, Gary's allowing uh, me to ask him some questions. Now, make sure uh, that you get done what you wanted to get done for coming in today, because usually when I have a pastor on, after we do the questions, it's whatever they want to talk about. And uh, uh, sometimes I'm just, I'm hungry for the word, to understand it uh, more than anything. And part of this is coming from the fact that uh, um, I, I, I made the comment a little bit ago, I really slipped up a couple of weeks ago. And uh, uh, God just brought me to my knees. Uh, I I'm from Catholicism. So being on my knees was a usual thing, but he brought me to my needs, uh, to help me understand that that was just unacceptable. If he was going to, uh, uh, be a part of my life and it, well, it wasn't a big thing to somebody else. To me, it was a big thing. So
0: what's well, good that you got the message.
1: Oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> if that message had a weight on it, I'd be weighing about 9,000 pounds right now. Okay, so I want to talk about uh, judging because one of the uh, uh, part, uh, the, the characteristics of, of being a Jesus follower is we're not supposed to judge other people. I had a judge tell me once, And and this was the example that she gave me. Uh, When she's sitting in a courtroom and she's presiding over a case, you have a person over here who is the uh, prosecutor, and they're telling you what they're telling the judge and the jury what he thinks or she thinks they ought to think about this uh, thing that this person's in court for and how horrible they were and, you know, all that. And then the defense attorney gets to stand up and give the other side of it and tell how wonderful this person is and what a a dumb thing they did and can't we forgive that. Then the judge decides basically who's right or wrong, but in their own way. And this friend of mine who is a judge said, when I look at Gary and I say, um, well, you know, I don't think that church or I don't think that shirt on you looks very good. And, and that sermon you gave last week was kind of weak, etc. cetera, that that's not judging. That the only thing that could be judged, or I'm sorry, the only person that can judge someone is someone who can give consequences. Now, as a parent, we could give consequences to our children. Uh, uh, Perhaps we could do that in a classroom. But if I can't give you consequences, then I'm not being judgmental. I'm more discerning uh, with my opinion. So from the pastor's mouth, how does that fit in with what your belief of that is? Well,
0: Mac, a lot of people they they're referring to Matthew chapter seven in the first few verses and probably the only v- statement in that context of scripture that they remember is the first verse judge not that you be not judged right and they take that as a blanket surface level statement and they say see there you're not supposed to judge me they don't read the rest of the context and and what Jesus is talking about there uh, you know he says he goes on and says, with what judgment you measure or you use, then you're going to be judged by that same kind same kind of measure or by that same kind of standard. So whatever standard you're going to use to judge somebody, you're going to be judged by that same standard. And then he he really starts to explain, you know you've got a telephone pole sticking out of your eye. <laughs> But you notice the little speck in the other person's yeah, eye. Yeah. And you say, let me, let me get that speck out of your eye. Well, you got a telephone pole sticking out of your eye. Yeah. Well, of course, metaphorical, you know. And he's simply saying, you've got this big problem in your life that you're not dealing with properly, but you're going to point out maybe a little problem in somebody else's life. And he's talking about judging hypocritically. Now, okay. when you go to John okay. chapter 7... John chapter 7. We're
1: into chapter 7 a lot today, aren't we? Matthew, John,
0: (laughs) Romans. Yeah, and in John chapter 7 in verse 24, Jesus again speaking, and he says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So he's saying, okay, we do have to make judgment calls, because otherwise how could we tell somebody, no, you should not go get your gun and shoot that person down just because they called you a bad name and you don't like them anymore. That's murder. That's that's ungodly plus unlawful. That's a judgment call we're making. Yeah. If we can't judge at all, then how do we how how do we discern between right and wrong, between good and evil? But now, and what you're bringing out there—eternal j- consequence of judgment. That's not our place. That's not our job. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad. He is the judge, the final judge, the eternal judge. Now, we have to make judgment calls, and we teach our children, no, you don't lie. You don't steal. Those are judgment calls. But... The ultimate judge for eternity, eternal condemnation or eternal life is Christ. I have a son when he was, I don't know, 10 years old or so, maybe 12. He came to me one day and he was crying and he held out a ring in his hand and he, he said, I stole this ring from my friend's house. I was at his house one day, and I saw it. Mm. And it was kind of a cool-looking ring. And he, he said, I saw it, and I, it was just, I, I, I took it. It had been a while since he did that. But his conscience was working on him, and he finally came to me, and I think he was crying when he came to me and said, I, I took this ring. And I said, okay, we've got to go, and you've got to talk to his mother and you've got to give that back to her and tell her what you did. And maybe she can let you do something around the house to kind of make it right. Mm. And so I took him over there and she answered the door. She was very sweet about it. He stood there, held out his hand. He said, I stole this ring from you. I was here, and I took it, and I saw it, and, and obviously it didn't have much value, you know, but he, he's, you know, to her. she And she looked at it, and he was so contrite, and his voice was probably breaking at that point. And she looked down at him, and, and he went on and said, I thought maybe I could do something around the house, work for around the house for something to make up for it. She looked down, and she started to say, it's okay. And she looked at me, and I was standing right behind her. I just stood there shaking my head no. And she stopped. Good, And she said, well, I've got, some, st- I've got some, some limbs behind the house. Maybe you could clear those up for me and all of that. And, and he, he said, okay. And he paid a price for that. Now, that was a judgment call. He had to understand that was wrong, what he did. And he did understand. And he did what he needed to do to make it right. But now, can I judge you to hell or no, heaven? No. I can't. Right. That's not no, my I, job. I know that. That's not my job. <clears throat> but I can't judge hypocritically either. If I'm pointing my finger at you and saying, you know, you are the biggest sinner, you know, I, I, and I'm just living a wicked life, that's what Jesus is talking about. I'm being a hypocrite. I need to clean up my life before I start pointing my finger at you.
1: That's a great story. Um, did that make you a proud Papa? Yes. I was just going to say, that's awesome. All right, Gary Hutchins is my guest today. We'll uh, wrap this up in just a little bit. And uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk. Uh, can we talk about shame? Sure. Somebody told me something once, and I, I, I want to check with you as a pastor to see if that information's correct. We will check your traffic. We will check your weather. And Adventures in Odyssey coming up at 6 o'clock. And then your program comes on at 6.30. Correct today. All right. Looking forward to it. I'm Mac, and this is the Talk of the Heartland. And thanks for listening. And don't forget, it's no accident you're here. We've been praying for you. Thanks for listening to KCRO. Meet me. Here is our last traffic report for you on your way home. We appreciate you allowing us to kind of walk into the middle of a great Bible study, but we need to give you information so you can be safe. Ten minutes ago, 36th and Highway 370, an accident. Those lights at 83rd and Maple are still not functioning correctly. And we also have at 144th and Dodge, Again, malfunctioning traffic lights, uh, but apparently it has caused an accident. So, slow your roll, take it easy. We want you to get home safely. Tonight, mostly clear and a low around 20. And then over the weekend, we're getting sunny. I mean, for January, it's going to be great. Little breezy, high right around the upper 40s to lower 50s. It is 37 degrees right now at KCRO. The Heartland's Christian Voice KCRW Adventures in Odyssey coming up here at uh, six o'clock and then at six thirty Gary's program from the Church of Christ. Uh, what's it called again? Search the Scriptures. Search <laughs> the Scriptures. That's right. So um, this is a, a, a two question. Uh, uh, this is a two part question. Did God invent or create guilt and shame? Now, I'm I'm using those words.
0: I don't think you could understand he created guilt and shame. I think guilt and shame are automatic consequences, emotional and psychological, as a result of
1: sin. Okay. All right. Here's, the, here's the, the part I wanted to ask you. So um, I had somebody in my life after uh, Jesus mugged me, and one of her favorite comments to anybody and everybody was, well, shame on you, or shame <laughs> on this person, or shame on that person. And I heard a pastor uh, uh, teach a sermon one time and said that when you say shame on you, you're actually putting the you're 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 telling the person that the devil's living within them, and to say shame on you, is a very unchristlike thing to say, and because of that, I don't think I've said that for years and years and years, uh, not even to my dogs because you know they're going to understand some language and that what's not one I want them to know, but is that your uh, concept? biblical concept of that phrase, shame on you? I
0: think people can use language and particular statements to try to intimidate somebody or control them or just to make them feel bad, you know, about themselves. And if that's your only motive, then you you really need to examine your heart. Why are you using that kind of a statement or that kind of language? What is your motive behind it? But now, should we point out wrong in people's life in a godly way, in a loving way? Yeah. Yes, we should. In Galatians chapter six, the first couple of verses, the apostle Paul says, "If you know a brother is overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual." restore such a one and so he says you need to recognize when a brother or sister in Christ is has gone astray or is struggling in some way in their faith or their faithfulness you need to you need to step in and lovingly try to help them see their mistake and bring them back and he he goes on and says you know uh, but you need to do it in with with humility considering yourself lest you also be condemned so it's not the idea of you know looking down her nose at somebody being kind of a spiritual policeman or policewoman, but rather out of love for them, for their soul, we want to try to lead them back. but if you never point out what would you what would you do if if you're again trite example or comparison or illustration what if you're doing a job you're you're training to be an electrician, and all of a sudden you're about to stick your screwdriver in a live <laughs> socket. <laughs> Would I you
1: want... resemble that remark. Yeah.
0: Would you want your supervisor to say, you better not do that? That's. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. We've only got uh, about a minute and 10 seconds left, but you just reminded me of something. I could never understand that. Say uh, something in love. Okay. Because I just, how do you do that? And then the Lord told me, this is what I should do. And I'm asking you if you agree with, well, now I feel bad because if you disagree, you think you're disagreeing with the Lord. I don't mean that. But what I do is I say, do I have permission, Gary, to tell you something you probably don't want to hear? That's a good approach. Is that is that okay? That's a good approach. And if they say no, boy, I I, I take that seriously. Yeah. I don't get offended. I don't, okay, that that's fine. I'm, I'm glad I asked. And, you know, that's one of the gifts that Jesus gave me after he mugged me was um, I don't get offended anymore, or I, I really, really, really try not to, because it's a choice. And usually when you tell someone they've offended you, you're manipulating them.
0: Well, and it's also detrimental to yourself because you're carrying a chip around on your shoulder, and that's, that's oh. ultimately counterproductive to what you're trying to really be and and the impression you're
1: supposed to make yeah uh i really appreciate you coming in today uh you reminded me of something when you said the the uh, screwdriver and the socket yeah mine was a penny and i was about four and i'll (laughs) never ever forget that moment (laughs) of sticking that penny in that light socket and getting shocked
0: got your attention.
1: <laughs> it did get my attention forever and ever. I don't do electricity anymore. All right, I want to thank Gary Hutchins for joining me today. It's been a great day. Uh Sunny Slope Church of Christ 9:30. Uh Bible study 10:30 is church. And uh you really should sometime go and visit Gary and 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 if you can't go there then listen to his podcast and stuff at uh thechurchofchrist.com. Remember, forgive somebody you can't forgive because God will forgive you the same.